as we have shared before, and it is basically the theme, we, we, we started it right almost at the new year or just before the new year, and we've entered into this new year, and on we are moving on. Our theme remains the theme of love. And before we continue, I would like us to pray for our beloved one, Krishna and Babita. They lost their dad. We announced it the other day, the last time. But I would like us to pray for them just before we begin, that the Lord may continue to comfort them in this particular hour. It's an hour of grief, but he's the God of comfort. He's the God of mercy. He's the God of love. He's the God of restoration. He's the God of healing. He is faithful. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the joy of being together. And we thank you, dear Lord, for the blessing of having this particular service. We thank you for what you've got in store for us today. You are good, and your love endures forever. You are the giver of life. You are, O oh dear Lord, the Lord who heals and who restores. And Father, we lift up our beloved one Krishna and her daughter Babita and the whole family, her sons and her daughters, O oh dear Lord, her grandchildren. Father, King of glory, even in this moment, dear Lord God of loss and grief, that, Lord, their dad has rested. Mighty King of glory, we commit them into your holy hands. We pray that your mercy, your favor, and your grace may rest upon them in this hour. May they encounter your love. Your love that heals and comforts and restores and saves, O oh dear Lord. Your love that gives a new beginning, O oh dear Lord, and sheds light, O oh dear Redeemer, in our darkest hour. Father, we pray for that mercy upon them, that, Lord, the saving grace of Jesus shall come upon them and reveal in their life. And even as they approach a time when they're going to be laying the, the remains of their dad to rest, mighty King of glory, let this be a time of grace upon their lives and the whole family. Jesus, visit them and let God arise and his grace surround them and your favor be upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we love you, uh, Krishna. We love you, Babita. May the Lord bless you abundantly in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming to be with us today. It is a, a privilege. Hallelujah. Amen. Quickly, let us move into the word today. Today, I am moving on, continuing with, that, with the theme of love. Last week, our brother Randolph shared again on that aspect of love. And as for the many number of weeks I'm going to be for you, the Lord laid upon my heart is to share that aspect of love, one aspect of love here and there, as the Spirit of the Lord will lead us. And so, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, we know that scripture, and I read it to you once again, he says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And the title of the message today is, Love is the Principal Thing. He says, faith is wonderful. But remember, in that same chapter, just before he says, if I have the faith to move the mountains but don't have love, then my faith is nothing. Hope is powerful and glorious, and we call ourselves Hope Community Church. But yet again, hope without love is meaningless. He comes and he says, love is the main thing, the greatest of these. Why? Because the Bible says, his love is steadfast. 
It doesn't fluctuate, you know, that today is up, today is down. It continues to move with the same powerful force that it has been and will continue to be for the glory of his name. And so today as we move in, I want us to remember the words of Jesus. Seven times, and we have shared before, seven times Jesus said, the I am. He said, I am the bread of life in John 6.35. Then he came again in John 8.12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. He came again in John, in, in, in John chapter 10 verse 9. He said, I am the door. Whoever enters by me will be saved. We will come in and go out and find pasture. That is Jesus. He's the one who is saying. Then he says again in John chapter 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Yet once he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Then he comes again and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Meaning death has no power over me. I have overcome death. We cry over death. My son, our son arrested the other in the last year. Others have lost their loved ones. Our dear ones have lost their dad. Death has a way of bringing so much sorrow and grief unto us. But Jesus comes and says, I am the resurrection and the life. And I just want you to hold on to that. He says, he who believes in me, he says, though he die, he shall live again. And he who lives and believes in me, he shall never die. He doesn't stop there. That is in John 11:25. He goes then finally. He comes in John 14 verse 6 and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Again, wonderful aspects that affect our lives. Then he finalizes in chapter 15 verse 1 where he says, I am the true vine. That, you know, from me everything flows. If I told you need anything that is going to bring nourishment and restoration, he says, I am the true vine. I am the beginning of all, I'm the source of all that you need and all that you desire. If you want any flower in your life, I am the vine. You must be attached to me. Then the flower will come out. If you want any fruit to come out, no branch can bring about a fruit or a flower unless it is attached to the vine. Praise God. And he says, I am the vine. Now, seven times he declares that. Now, I want you to remember, we know one thing about God. God says, and in the scripture, he, the word tells us that God is love. We don't know him. We've never seen him. We only believe and sense him. But he is invisible. But the only way he expresses himself to us, we have shared before, is that he expresses himself through the medium of love. And that's why we know him as love. That's the only, because we are used to, we, we, we describe things by how we feel them or how we see them. That's how we see God. So we see him as love. Now, if you see him as a judge, then you are in trouble because you will always expect him. He has a huge club over your head. He's waiting for you to do wrong to hammer you. But the truth of the matter is he says, I am love. 
Look at the whole of creation and you will discover the wonder of who God is. He made everything. And he made everything to be good for a purpose and for a reason because that is his nature. Now the strange thing comes in and says that the word comes now and makes it even more, more, more baffling. He says Jesus is the express image of God. So Jesus, as we have said, he is the express image of what? Of love. That is to see, he is the physical manifestation of love. What does that mean? Seven times he says, I am the bread of life. What is he saying? He's the image of love. He's saying, love is the bread of life. He comes again and says, I am the light of the world. What is he saying in other words? I am the image of love. So what is he telling us in other words is that love is the light of the world. Without love, the light, the world is in darkness. And the one that he said, he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What is the light of life? The light of life is love. That's what the, the Son of God is telling us. We can see a light, you know, we've got this particular light, but you realize something about this light. We can do so much wickedness here under this particular light. And yet we are in the light, aren't we? We can harm each other and abuse each other and say all manner of evil against each other under this light. And everybody will see what we are doing. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Meaning this is not the light that he is talking about. The sun is not the light that he is talking about. There is a light that brings light. There is something that brings light in the world. It is love. He says, I am the door. Whoever enters by me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find passage. What he's telling us is that love is the door. If at all you've been closed out in so many different situations and aspects, try to look for that door of love. I tell you something, you're going to find entrance, and the Bible says you'll go in and out and you'll find pasture. You'll find nourishment for yourself. He says, I am the good shepherd. What is he telling us? He's telling us, in other words, love is the good shepherd. Because Jesus is the reflection, he's the image of love, God. And so he's telling us that love is the good shepherd. If you want anything in life to guide you, the good shepherd is called love. And if you want to have success and find good pasture, follow love. It will bring you to the right pasture. It will bring you to the pond of healing because it has brought all the healing that you ever require. It will bring you to the pond of restoration. Love, the love of God, is what we are talking about. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. What is he saying? He says, love is the resurrection. It is able to bring out of death. It is able to reverse the power of death and bring life into being. That is the power of love for the glory of God. 
It is able to change a family that is in total chaos and darkness. Love is able to heal and change it and bring life yet once again that we can see smiles on the sons and the daughters and the parents who are on the grandparents. A place where there was so much hate and so much, you know, violence, so much, you know, a, a, a desire to harm one another. Love is the resurrection and the life. That's what he is telling us there. And then he comes and he adds on even to make it more baffling. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know what? If you want to find the way, there is no other way. Love is the way. He's telling us that love is the truth and love is the life because he is the reflection. Jesus is the reflection of love. That is another name for love is Jesus. And another name for Jesus is actually love. That is, in other words, he's trying, no wonder he kept on telling them, love one another. I knew commandment I give unto you, love one another. Love, he kept on repeating it over and over because he knew one thing. That is what I am. And I want all of you to be doing who I am. Love, love, love one another. That is my being. That is the essence of who I am. Jesus is love. And he desires you and I to express him. And then he finalizes it when he comes in that final bit. He says, I am the true vine. Meaning, love is the true vine. And it's as, as we said, if you desire any fruit, if you desire any restoration, love is the true vine for the glory of God. So we say, Jesus is the express image, the physical manifestation of God. He is the physical manifestation of love. And I want you to call to memory what we shared last, uh, the, the other time when we shared. There's something that we shared that I'll just refer to. That when he created the first man, scripture tells us he created the first human being in his image. That is, in strange enough, he was a reflection of God in the physical Meaning, as we said last time, he created love in the physical. He made man and woman as a representation of what love is. And what did we share last time? We shared and we say that, and we said as long as man and woman were living in the purpose and in the light of God, being an express image of God, everything was wonderful. Creation was wonderful. Everything was glorious on the, face, on the face of the earth and in the whole universe. There was no chaos in the whole universe because God was in the center. Earth was like the center of the whole universe, you may call it. It made everything to shine with glory because the image of God was in the midst of, of it. And then we say, try and imagine. Try and think or imagine the shock waves. The shock waves and you know, the trauma that shook the whole universe when the image of God ceased to be on earth or ceased to be in the physical universe. When man and woman sinned and disobeyed God, the image of God was extinguished from them. And hence, the likeness of God in the universe, the physical universe, ceased to be. We say, there were, because love is the light, 
there was no representation of light on the face of the, of the earth and hence on the whole universe. Only the physical light, which is, doesn't change anything as such. It may change things physically, but not spiritually. And so because we say love is the way, the truth, and the life, love is the compass. There was no compass that man could be able to live by. No compass for animals to know what to do. As long as man reflected God, we said that, you know, there was direction. But the moment that image was removed, it means that, you know, that the whole world entered into chaos. And we said everything went into survival, survival mood. We declared that, you know, the emotions, the desires, and the perspectives of human beings went into disarray. Murder, hatred came into being on that particular day. That's when Cain finds a way to kill his brother. But I want you to realize, before creation, there was chaos. And the Bible says, darkness covered the face of the whole earth. Meaning, there was no love in the whole of creation. It was total chaos. Wherever there is no love, even imagine, wherever there is no love, there is chaos. Think of the nations where there is civil war. You know what happens. Even people you have been staying with neighbors, you love each other. The moment when that thing sparks, they discover, oh, he is white. I am Asian. I am black. Go for his neck. Kill him. Kill him. We are the only ones who are supposed to be around. Suddenly, people who have been living for many, many years, happily together, a strange virus comes in their midst and darkness comes in. That is what happened. Before creation, you can imagine the, the chaos. After creation, when God creates everything, light shines and suddenly everything is in harmony. When man sins and woman sins, suddenly the whole earth again goes into chaotic mood. Yet once again, now I want us to look at this as now we enter into the aspect of love is the principal thing. That is, love is a characteristic of godliness, if I may say. It has the power to save us. It has the power to change us. It has the power to be able to restore us. And I want you to remember the words of Jesus when he says in Luke chapter 19 verse 10. The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that is him, Jesus, as a manifestation of love. That is the son of God. He comes to seek and to save that which was lost. That it means that you and I, we can be found if at all we are lost. In any situation, in any circumstance where we may be, love is able to reach out. That is if we give love a chance. And that love has the name Jesus. We can be reconciled back to God if we allow the love, give love the chance. That is the love of God. Regardless of where we have been or what we have experienced, I can tell you that he gives unto us the assurance we can be reconciled if at all we give love the chance. And then he says that, you know, your family can be healed. Your family can be restored again. If at all, you will give love a chance. The essence I want us to realize is that I want us to be aware of spiritual weakness. There's a spiritual weakness that drives many of us and each one of us into slumber mode. And that weakness seeks to extinguish the candle 
of God in us. That weakness, that spiritual weakness seeks to extinguish the light of God in us. And that light is the light of love. When that light is extinguished, suddenly you discover you no longer want to look at your brother the way you look, used to look at him. You came from the same womb, the same mother. And yet suddenly you look at him and you feel like he's the worst devil on the face of the earth. You come to church, you look across, you say, I don't like that Paul as he's standing there. Just the sight of him makes me want to vomit. You know, there are many things that we, we do uh, uh, to each other. We may sit at each other, you're looking at my back, and you know, it's like you're saying, if I had an opportunity, I could have this particular person right on the, in the back. And, and we, are even, we are even in church. So simply because of that aspect of hatred that, you know, that candle is, when it is extinguished in us, it causes a lot of havoc. And basically, I remind you, love is the principal thing. And that's what the Lord is seeking to bring forth in us. That's why he says he pours his love into us by his spirit. And I want you and I to keep crying unto God over and over. Pour your love in me. Because he wants you and I to be the full total expression of this particular love. We don't even understand it. But as we open ourselves to God, his spirit will continue pouring that love in us. And our families will start to experience that wondrous love. Suddenly, the person who was a thorn, a thorn in the flesh, suddenly starts becoming, it's like, you know, made something that made of wool. It is, it is soothing continually. It, it touches as a one, hold on, is that my sister who touched me? That one who is always almost like, you know, so, 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 so hard and so, so, so violent. Suddenly, something happens. Oh, is that my brother? Is he the one who tell, told me that I love you? Or is he the one who told me good night? The guy never tells anybody good night. He always just, well, she always just walks away. She never says hi or whatever. Love starts to change something in us. And what happens with love, because it is the principal thing, it is able to subdue and to eradicate any element of darkness because it has the power to dissolve and dissipate anything that is of the evil one. And that's why we are saying that love is the divine light. And that's what God is looking for to be able to release in us. What are we saying? Everything, that, everything you depend on and everything I depend on will fail. If at all we don't hold on to the light of the Holy Spirit. And what is the light of the Holy Spirit? The light of the Holy Spirit is love. The family unit, as we know, as long as your family is, in the, you know, is bound together, loving, and what of you, the church will be bound together, loving, and the community will be likewise. But as long as there is that rift in your family, there will be rift in the church, and there will be rift in the community. Your family, you are very important. Your family unit is extremely important, and God is seeking to pour that love in you. And I want you to be crying unto God, Father, fill our family with love. Fill my mother, fill my dad, fill my brothers, fill my sisters. You don't know how he's going to do it, but just do it, please. Fill my husband, fill my wife with your love in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your Holy Spirit be poured upon us, Almighty King of Glory. Why? Because everything we depend on, it will fail. 
unless we hold on to this particular light of the Holy Ghost, and that is the light of love. We don't grasp or understand it, but it is God who pours it unto us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at John chapter 1 verse 3 through to 11, I will read those scriptures quickly. John chapter 1, 1 John 3 verse to 11. It is the book that we are reading. I want you to hear what he says. I'm saying that love is the divine light. He says, in from 1 John 3, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 to 11, that you know, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with God the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. We write these to make our joy, you know, complete. Then it says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim we are without sin, he says we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And, you know, the, the, and then he says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the word, his word is not in us. Now here he says, God is light and in him is no darkness. Now realize that particular same, same one aspect that we read it in chapter, in the verses that were being read here by Julie and, 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 uh, and Simon. That, you know, if I say I love God and I hate my brother, I am in darkness, I am blind, and I'm no, I don't know where I'm not going. But God tells us there he is light, and that God is love. Love is the light that will shine again in our families and bring restoration all for the honor and for the glory of God in the highest. The peace and joy of God evades us when this light goes missing and when this light is absent in us. We can ask for peace. We can ask for joy. But if we are not manifest allowing love to come from the depths of our hearts for our brother, for our sister, for our neighbor, that particular peace shall not be found. And that's what God is looking for in each one of you. In our places of work, Sometimes, you know, we enter into so much conflict and we say, nobody loves me in this place. God wants you to start releasing that love now from you. Start loving that man or that woman, that terrible boss of yours. To praying for him every day to Lord, thank you for this man and this woman. Fill him with your love in Jesus' name. I say love is very powerful. It has a way of dissolving and, you know, subduing darkness. And as you speak and as you pray, maybe that husband is terrible. Maybe that wife is terrible. Maybe that son or that daughter is terrible. And there's nothing that you think can change him. I want you to start crying out unto God, Father, all I'm asking is fill him with your love. Fill her with your love. Fill, you know, fill them with your love. Stop praying, oh God, please change them. Make them to be able to love me. No, just tell him, Father, fill them with your love that they may love you in Jesus' name. And in due time, slowly by slowly, you, are going to, you will be surprised. There will be a fight. Because the enemy will not want to let go of that place where he has been staying all this particular time. 
But as you persist in crying unto God, just as Duane has been persisting for seven years, believing God, believing God and crying unto him. Now I want you to persist crying to God, love in my brother, love in my sister. Maybe he or she is in drugs, is in, in sorts of lives that are so terrible and difficult. I want you to tell, Father, I want you to fill him with your love in the name of Jesus Christ. Just say that and leave it at that. Keep on praying, keep on knocking. Father, I'm knocking on you. You know, let your love be poured in my family in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your love come upon my husband. Maybe he's so suspicious you can't step out of the door because he has asked, before he has asked you a thousand questions, where are you going, who are you going to see, why are you going, why are you dressed like that? Or maybe she also is suspicious of you and there's no peace in the home. I want you to cry unto God, Father, I want this man, I want this woman, I want this child to be filled with the love of God in the name of Jesus Christ love is the principal thing if you will have it and you can't conjure it up I'm telling you, we can't imagine it, I can tell you but God has a way to pour it into each one of us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is if we ask him all for the glory of his holy name. And I repeat again. That let all you do and all I do. All we think and all we speak. Let us be able to do it in the love of God. And it pleases him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you greet that man who hates you. Or that woman who hates you. Don't greet you know. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then you walk, then you walk. No, 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 no. Let it just be open from the depths of your heart. All is well, my brother, or oh, my brother, my sister. I love you in Jesus' name. Oh, open, give love. And you know what? Love, there's a, a law called the law of reciprocal action. As you, give, as you give love, love will find its way coming back to you. But if you give, that's what you're planting, will come back to you. And you discover, why does everybody hate me? No, start loving, start smiling, and you'll discover people start smiling at you. People, suddenly the atmosphere all around will change all for the glory of God. What is the Lord telling us? I want you to re realize something. There's a, there's, this particular scripture... <clears throat> There is, there is a scripture that I would like us to, re, to, to refer to. That is in Hebrews, not Hebrews, sorry, in the book of Romans. Romans chapter, chapter 12. And uh, what, what am I trying to refer to? I'm trying to say God wants to heal. And God wants to heal us and heal our communities. But he begins with us and he begins with our families. As this happens in our families, something is going to start happening even in our very neighborhood. Maybe there is a lot of shouting in our homes because we are always at each other's throat. But I want us, as you go home, start telling God, Father, no more being at each other's throat. I want this family to be a place, a balm of your love, that the neighborhood is going to start trickling out of this home into the neighborhoods into the people all around about us. I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm just praying, let your love come down. Let your love come down. Let your love come down. You'll discover the shouting is going to cease at some point. And suddenly, healing is going to start flowing out from your home in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says in, in Romans chapter 12. You can read it from verse 9 up to verse 21. It's a long passage. But what God is telling us is simple. 
He is telling us that do not add wickedness to wickedness. Do not add evil to evil. He is telling us love is the principal thing. He is telling us take a stand. There has been a, so much flow of hate. So much flow of barbarity. So much flow of slander. So much flow of, you know, of that particular evil resentment. So much flow of corruption. So much flow of so much negative attitudes and negative feelings and negative spells and what have you. But he says, my son and my daughter, I want you to take a stand. Why does he say take a stand? I take a stand to declare it ends here. This particular flow is not going to continue anymore. This abuse is not going to continue anymore. This particular giving of a piece of my mind to these guys, it is not going to continue anymore. It is reaching a point of an end. I'm not going to shout back at them when they shout at me. When they shout at me, I will smile. And they will want, hold on. Did she smile? They might even come and slap you to see if that smile was real. And still remember the smile with the pain, with the pain on the inside. It will start changing their hearts for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the honor of God in the height. He's saying, overcome evil with good. Hear what he says. He says, let love be without hypocrisy. That is one aspect. Abhor, or that is hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. And that prayer, I'm telling you, is the prayer of calling forth that love to be poured more and more. Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your minds on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Regard, you know, have regard for good things in the sight of all men and women. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably, live in peace with all men and women. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, do not seek revenge, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. That's what the Lord says. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. The word of God says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I hope you are hearing me. And I hope I'm hearing myself. Because I'm speaking to myself at the same time as I speak unto you. Now here he says that let your heart be worthy, 
that is before the presence of God. Because everything that we do is from our heart. And last time I told you, God says he wants to immerse you, to bathe you in his love. And so let your heart, every action, everything that you do, let it come from the heart, from that particular heart of love. Hear what he says. Why am I saying that? Let your heart be worthy before the presence of God. Don't be hypocritical as he has told us love is without hypocrisy. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 and 10. You can read it. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That is our hearts. They are very strange. I can tell you on my mouth that, you know, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. When inside, I've got a dagger ready to go for your throat. And, and I'm telling you on the surface, ah, I love you. You're very good. But inside, there is a different dagger that is saying, wait until when you turn around, I'll dig this one into your back. That's, that's how human beings behave. But it says the heart is deceitful and above all things, you know, is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I've told you, let your heart be worthy before the presence of God. Verse 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. And I examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So determine what your deeds deserve, my brother and my sister. Remember what he says in Matthew chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through that particular broad way of destruction. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life. And only few find it. We said at the beginning, love is the way, the truth, and the life. There are few that find it. I pray that you may be one of those few that will find this particular way. It is not an easy way, but I want you to realize something interesting. The narrow gate, the narrow way is not easy. Few find it. However, it does not mean that the narrow way and the narrow gate is impossible. No. Love makes it wide enough for you to walk on it. If you link in with love, the narrow way, which is the way of Jesus, the narrow gate, which is the gate of Jesus, suddenly becomes wide enough. You are able to fit into it. You will not stumble you will not fall. Let every word and every thought that you know we release, let it be that which comes from the you know from the storehouse of love which God is pouring into our hearts. Remember, your words and your thoughts are food for the spirit world, for the spiritual world. Every time we send a word of hate. It fertilizes the, the, the world of the demonic. And they arise to do so much harm. We are the people who feed the demonic world. Let me tell you the truth. Because of the thoughts we think. Our thoughts are food for the demonic world. When I think evil of you, I'm feeding the demonic world and making them to grow as giants. They will do so much harm in the society. They will do... 
That's why Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. What happened in the days of Noah? Men and women were so wicked and evil that the flood, the earth released the flood. The heavens released the flood to subdue everything on the face of the earth. There was a response of their action, of their thoughts, and of their words. You may say that God sent the flood. It is actually as a result, the earth was revolting. Because the Bible says the deep opened and let out the floods which covered the whole earth and destroyed life on the face of the earth. Why? Because of our hearts. What words were coming forth? What thoughts were coming forth? As a man and a woman thinks, so are they. Praise God. And that's what God is calling on you, and that's what God is calling on me in the name of the Lord Jesus. As in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, fire came out from heaven. I believe there was a volcanic action that spewed out a lot of uh, lava and it rained down upon, upon Sodom and Gomorrah and burned everything. Can you see how many volcanoes are erupting across the face of the earth? It is not just a natural thing. Don't think it's a natural thing. The earth is breaking under us and releasing the fire from underneath because of your thoughts, because of my thoughts, because of our words. Humanity, mankind, we are messing everything up on the face of the whole earth. And we say, why is this happening with their natural disasters? It is not a natural disaster. It is our words and our thoughts and our actions that are reaping, are bringing out a reaction in the physical because we were created in the image of God. We feed the spirit world. May God help you and may God help me. That we may become sources of healing. Our homes, our communities, they long for this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the season of the spirit of the living God. We'll I'll draw to a close in that place. We'll continue next time. We are in the season of the spirit of the living God. It is the season of love. It is the season of healing. We are not in the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah was what John called up and said, Lord, may we ask fire to come from heaven and burn the whole of this village because they have refused to receive you. No. He says, you don't know what spirit you are of because you are of love. You have been birthed of love. And God wants to release that love through you. Pray for every man, even your enemies. Even those neighbors you don't know, those Muslims, those you know, those those, those, those Christians, those Sikhs, those you know, those, those Confucians, those, you know, all the religions, name them whatever they are. Cry out unto God, tell Father, all oh, that you feel every man, every woman in my community with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may all become what you have desired us to be. A new move of the Spirit of God will be released. And the name of the Lord will be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, let your spirit move in our midst. Father, pour your love upon us. Fill every heart here, every family here with your love, everlasting Father. Just as we cry that you fill mankind with your love again. That is the revival that will bring a change on the face of the earth. And bring glory unto your wonderful name, O oh dear God. That our worship, our praise, our everything shall emanate from a heart that is touched with the love of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, 
pour your love in each one of us individually and corporately as a body and upon our individual families, oh dear Lord God, that our communities will start experiencing that healing touch of God as you move in our midst by your love in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.